such a powerful concept. Now, a few months ago, I, I used this phrase, which some of you have never heard before, I don't really recall where I, where I heard it the first time, but ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a merry Christmas it would be. And when you hear that phrase, obviously there's a, there's a comedic factor to it, but also there's a tragic factor to it. Because some of you will live your entire lives thinking in terms of if only if. If only I had done that differently, or if only I could go back, if only I could change this, or if, if, if. And you look back to things you can't change or undo. And some look with equal tragedy to the future and say, well, and you wring your hands, and well, if, if this happens. Now, my guess is some of you here today, in this past three or four days, have thought, if I win the lottery, right? And so the word if contains such possibilities. Well, we're going to look at a series of ifs this morning and the potential they hold. And the first word to look at is probably the first time it shows up in Scripture. And, and it comes immediately on the heels of a, of a negative God experience. Have you ever had negative experiences with God? If you've lived any length of time, you have. Now, your negative experiences with God probably have little to do with, God, with what God is actually doing. And more to do with what you were doing or not doing. But yet, oftentimes we have those negative God experiences. We think God is lost in his mind. Or God just doesn't love us. Or God is cruel. Or, well, if, if, if the God that you talk about really is everything you say, then why did this bad thing happen to me? Because we equate a good God with no pain in our lives. And if God was really good, then our lives would be easy. Or certainly easier than they are now. And there's things, that's not sound theology, but that doesn't slow us down from blaming God for stuff. So the first story we're going to look at comes from the first two children that Adam and Eve have. Adam and Eve sinned against God, and so we're, because of them, the entire world is cast into the state of being cursed by sin. Um, moms have about pain in childbirth. Now there's thorns. The ground is hard to till. There's all kinds of things that go along with the fall of mankind. And there comes a time when Adam and Eve's two children are offering sacrifices to God. Abel was um, a shepherd. So he had flocks, he had sheep and goats and that kind of stuff. So when it comes like time to make a sacrifice to God, Abel takes the best sheep that he has and he offers that as a sacrifice to God. Cain, the brother, was a farmer. So he takes the best fruit, the best fruit, the best produce from his garden and offers that as a sacrifice, which is not what God required. There's a little lesson in there, I think, that um, some of you are, are believing a lie that you'll be good enough someday, and your best efforts someday will gain you a relationship with God. If our best efforts could take care of our sin problem, there would have been no need for Jesus to die on the cross. We can learn that all the way back with Cain and Abel. So, now we have Cain, 
best that he's got, the best that he can produce, and it's not satisfactory to God. And then we have this interaction. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? Uh, one of the versions that might be the message paraphrase of the Living Bible says it like this. If you did the right thing, you'd be smiling now. But if you do not, if, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So what if I obeyed? What if I just did the right thing? What if I just obeyed? Now, for as adults, we hear that and think, man, I hope my kids are listening. Right? But as adults, what if we just did the right thing? Husbands, what if you just did the right thing? What if you were just kind? What if you were helpful? What if you were respectful? What if you were kind and generous? What if you were what if you were romantic? And right now, the husbands across the room are going. Let's move on. Come on, let's go somewhere else. What if we just obey? What if kids? Teenagers, what if you just did the right thing? Like you just obey. What's the worst that could happen? Sometimes we, we fall in this trap of thinking that if we really do chase if we got follow after God, our lives are going to be a drag. And I'll just have to get up and read my Bible every day. I'll have to start wearing suits to school. Have to have to evangelist hair. Right? Right? Is it really following after God that looks like that at all? It can for some people. It won't for me. But it can for some people. What if you just obeyed? What if you just really did crowd to God and say, God, what you want me to be, that's what I'll be. What you want me to do, that's what I'll do. What if we just obeyed? Now, for some of you who are parents, you have that interaction with your children, similar to the interaction that God probably has with us if we ever had to go sit at the dinner table with God every day. How was school? You really want to know? Probably not. What did the teacher say? Why did you get moved to the front of the bus? Why did you get kicked off the bus? Why did you get suspended? Why did you get detention? Why'd you get a D? Right? Can you imagine as adults having a conversation with God on a daily basis? Right? That's the time work. I was was mean to this person. And I stole from this. And I took a two-hour lunch when I should have only taken an hour lunch. And and God's going, really? Really? Come on. But what if we just obeyed? What if we just chose to do the right thing. What, what do we have to lose, honestly? What do we really have to lose? You think you're going to lose your illusion of control? It's already an illusion. You don't have it anyway. What if you chose just to do the right thing? What if you just chose to obey? And, and please don't misunderstand. 
easier than what it really is. Because it's not. It's just not. Sometimes just obeying is very difficult. More difficult than, than what we thought it was going to be. There's a phrase that I use all the time at the Brighton Center when I teach there. That's this. Sin will always take us farther than we want to go. And it will always cost us more than we were willing to pay. Disobeying is always going to be that case. Always going to be that case. You know, as I interact with those people that are, you know, I'll ask them probing questions. How many of you started off doing heroin? No, no, you've been there, you know. Uh, I mean, not if you've been there doing heroin, I mean, get it. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But Jesus died for that too, so come to the table. In all honesty, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. The blood of Jesus covers it and he washes away. And there's grace in the foot of the cross, no matter, no matter where you've done, or where you've been, or who you've dealt with, or who, who you've done it to. A price has been paid for you. And so you didn't probably start off robbing banks. You didn't start off doing heroin. You didn't start off at the extreme. You started off with something that you thought was minor and insignificant, and sin is taking you farther than you wanted to go. And it's costing you more than you were willing to pay. It always does, and it always will. And we don't go into it thinking that. We go into it thinking that's no big deal, nobody will find out. Right? Because it is a big deal, and everybody always finds out. So what if we obeyed? What if we actually trusted God that obeying was, was going to change our lives? What if God looks at Cain and says, if you had done the right thing, if you just obeyed, you'd be happy right now. But the fact that you didn't, and you're blaming, this is what Cain does. Why is Cain sullen? Why is he angry? Why is he disappointed? It's not of himself. If you know the rest of the story, this is the first murder. After God and Cain have this interaction, Cain finds Abel, his brother, in the field and murders him. Murders him. Why? Abel didn't do anything wrong. Because Cain was disobedient, not willing to obey God. Who did he take it out on? The closest person to him. How do you react when you don't obey? Who gets some of that fallout? Closest person to you. Spouse, children, co-workers. Whoever's around you to get some of that shrapnel is going to get it. Not because they deserve it, not because they did anything wrong, but because you did it. There's always somebody else to blame when we don't know that isn't there. We know if, if she were a better wife, if my kids, well, how about those kids? If my parents weren't so stupid, if my parents had a clue about what it was like to be a teenager, because they never had that, right? What if you just obeyed? What if you just obeyed? Now, the second, what if? We'll find the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, the Heavenly Father will also forgive you. What if you forgave? What if that person that has done you wrong time and time again, what if you just forgave them? What if you just let it go? 
What if you intentionally sought them out to say, um, I know what you did, and you know what you did, and I want to hear you. I want you to hear me say this. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'll never bring it up. I'll never hold it to your charge. I'll never dangle it over your head. I'll never beat you with that again. I forgive you for that. So you need to do that with people in your life. You need to do that with your parents and through your parents for stuff that happened to you that you can't talk about. You just need to forgive Understand that he never asked you. That person that probably needs your forgiveness the most is never going to come to you and say, hey, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. I need you to forgive me. That may never, ever happen. You understand that it's not required for you to forgive them. It's not. Let that sink into you. In order for me to forgive you, I don't require you to ask me. Some of you need to let people out of that prison that you're holding them in. And in the dark places of your heart, you're holding that bitterness, you're holding that, that anger, and you're hoping secretly, you never see this out loud, because that's the way you've never said out loud, man, I hope they suffer horribly. I hope the day they close their eyes from this world they open in hell, and that's where they spend eternity, and every day they think about what they do to me. That's dark, heavy stuff. And we would never say that stuff out loud. Well, because it doesn't sound like something Jesus would say. But we will hold those people in jail. We will hold them in prison. They don't know it. They've already done whatever they've done to you, and they have moved on. But we, we need to let that go. What if I forgave? What would that change in your heart? What if all the the spiritual and emotional and mental energy that you use in holding somebody in prison or that mental torture that you give them and they're unaware of it, right? They're squishing their heads. Some of you will get that. They're squishing their heads. And what if you, what if you just forgave? What if you just forgave? Imagine all the mental free time you would have. All the possible spiritual and emotional energy that now you've reclaimed because you're not throwing it away trying to make somebody else suffer for the good man. What if you just forgave? You know, it's funny that out of all the people in the world, we need grace the most. So we can't talk about the people at that church or that church or whoever, whatever, it doesn't matter. Us, right here, in this room, we need a lot of grace. So we understand that if we need so much grace, we also need to give it. If we need so much forgiveness, then we need to give it. What if we just forgave? Our next what if, I'm sorry, Psalm 30 verse 3, Thank you, Tim. What a phenomenal, heavy verse. God, oh Lord, what if you, what if you, God, kept a record of sin? 
Jesus.